All right. Uh, first one-on-one conversation on the podcast is uh, with an old um, family friend in Al Big A Watt. Big A, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and uh, having a chat with me, man. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks for uh, thanks for yeah. asking me. No worries, man. I mean, it's been chatting before, catching up a little bit. It's been a few years since we bumped into each other, uh, so it's uh, going to be good to to catch up and get a wee chat going. Um, I've got I've got two questions for you to get us going. Question number one is. Is it true that your dad has a souvenir from every ground in Britain? And my second question would be, how did you kind of fall in love with football and especially Aberdeen? Well, yeah, first of all, yeah, my dad, um, well, he's certainly been to every ground in Britain, okay. every league ground. He's uh, all the Scottish, which was 42, um, well, 42 just now, but, you know, Teams go up and teams have gone up and down, or teams have gone out of business. So it's more than forty-two, yeah. uh, and all the English ones. And he, um, yeah, he's probably he'll have programs and moment and mementos from everywhere he's been. And he's no, he's, he just he tops up if there's a new team comes up like Harrogate or something like that. I don't think he's been able to go there, of course. But he, he, you know, he keeps it topping up. He's he's a member of this thing called the ninety-two club, right? Um, and it was only like when he joined, it was only like a thousand members and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's ultra kind of uh, anarchy, and uh, but uh, that was part of the that was part of what got got me into football in a broader sense was um, mm. when he was going to a lot of these grounds. He was taking me, he was taking my brother along as well. So we were going to. I mean, I've done almost all the Scottish. I've done about fifty English ones. So all right, um, I've been really um, privileged to do that growing up, and. Uh, and yeah, you just you just see it's not just the football that you uh, you're experiencing. You're experiencing parts of the country that you you, you just wouldn't really go to otherwise. Mm. Um, you know, it's the the shops around the corner, the different uh, different smells and, and tastes of, of you, know, uh, you know whether it be in Barnsley or Peterhead or uh, Kilmarnock or wherever it was. Uh, and things like finding the ground, like you know, he'd always he'd always task us with right, find the floodlights, and we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll be we'll know where the where the ground is. And he was, hmm. he was uh, no, he was a great uh, enthusiast for for football and sport in general. But uh, yeah, I got got into it mainly through him, hmm. um, and and because he's from Aberdeen and all of his his family is. Uh, well, his dad's side of the family is all from the area, and my gran lived up there. Uh, my un- uncle and aunt uh, dead and still and do again now. Uh, so I, I was up in the Aberdeen area pretty often as a kid, and uh, it always had a you know there was never any doubt about which team I was going to support, and uh, probably ended up supporting them even more passionately than my dad did. Right. He'd probably admit that, um, <laughs> and. Okay, things have things have cooled a little bit, and since I've moved here, or probably even before that, really, I don't. Um, it still means a lot, but uh, yeah. I can I can get over a, a defeat hmm. pretty much instantly here. Whereas yes. back in my teens and, and early twenties, it was it was and it was it was it just meant a bit more because your life your life had less in it basically. Yeah, it revolves around it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that. That's it's funny you say that. I felt like I felt the same as that in America too. It was like I was I was still attached to to my team, but 
like you say, you're almost so far removed from the, from the whole culture of it that you for sure you definitely get over things or you maybe even skip a game, right? Where you, you would never skip watching a game on the TV well, or whatever, yeah. maybe. There can, be, yeah. there can be time difference issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and yeah, I think I find that also the fact that, you know, if you lose a game to one of your rivals, let's say you lose to Rangers or Hearts or... Uh, or whatever. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk out the door. It's not, I'm not going to bump into any uh, Rangers yeah. or Hearts fans. Yeah. Um, so if I, if I never bring it up, then no one is ever going to bring it up to me. So it's just, uh, it just becomes, becomes less of a part of your, your, uh, your life, really. It's nice, I know, it's nice to keep attached to it. It gives you, you know, uh, you have that feeling of still being connected with home and something mm. to chat about with, a dad and brother and other mates. Um, and, uh, you know, I still, you know, I still commit to the club in certain ways, whether it be there's a, you know, like a membership scheme, which I'm part of and uh, the kind of club TV, which I subscribe to. So there's no yeah. way you can, still, you can still contribute to to the club from out here. And uh, yeah, I'll always, it, it doesn't, it was probably a point in my life growing up, especially where we're from in the southeast of Scotland, quite far from Aberdeen, there's not many Aberdeen fans. So mm. you would most guys anyway would associate me with with Aberdeen um growing up. You know, so if somebody yeah. said, Oh, who's that guy? Said, oh, the lanky guy with the lanky guy with the who's the Aberdeen fan, they'd know mm. pretty much instantly they were talking about. But it's it's not such a uh it's, not, it's a massive part of my life to date but in more recent years it's not yeah that's, that's I identify myself so much these days yeah no, that, that's interesting I think that I felt like I've kind of what you've been saying is um I felt like that obviously being being out in the states too where it wasn't it wasn't as full on because you're not out out at the games or, or going to the games or at the pub and everything so mm-hmm. I've kind of almost gone the other way where like I've you know, move back now and, and part of me is kind of wanting to really get back into that because I really, really, really missed it. But obviously I'm a, mm. I'm a, I'm a little bit a little bit younger than you and I'm still free, still still no kids or anything. So I, I can afford to do that. But I, I could I could see that happening as, as t- kind of time goes on that you it, it becomes a bit different for you, which is which is interesting, but definitely makes sense. How did you like what, what what's your thoughts on we'll, we'll kind of just stick with Aberdeen. What what's your thoughts on Aberdeen kind of Right now, like, what, what's your thinking? Because again, I've I've been so out of the Scottish game for for eight years. I've seen when I've come home at Christmas specific games, but as as it has been for a long, long time, it's always Rangers or Celtic, right? Um, mm. that's all you're getting. So, well, what's your thoughts right now on Aberdeen? Just because I see I see a lot of chat about Derek McInnes, so mm. I just wondering kind well, of where, where they're going. Well, I mean, first of all, I go back for. Since McInnes took over, which was 2013, um, mm. he had, you know, quick success, won a trophy in his first year, which was the first time he'd won one for almost 20 years. Um, right. um, you know, and suddenly we had, you know, we had it was a good, clear style of play in place. He'd, he'd made good signings. And um, obviously Rangers were out, of the, were out of the picture at the time. Uh, and that season, Hibs and Hearts both got relegated. Yeah. Um, so you know it was it was boom time. It should have been boom time for us. Um, you know, three 
biggest clubs in the country were not even in the same league the next season. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, Celtic also appointed Dyla, so who, who had a mixed uh, reign at Celtic. They certainly yeah. They're probably weaker now than, than then, but they, you know, certainly compared to Rogers period, Rogers period, where they were literally invincible, um, Dylas Celtic could be got at, and I feel that that was those two seasons were a huge missed opportunity for us for winning, possibly winning the league, certainly winning winning uh, other trophies. So teams like Inverness and Johnston, uh, they won cups at that time. Yeah, and. Uh, as the years have gone by and Rangers have come back into it uh, and now very strong this season um, and we've kind of gone the other way and yeah, it feels to me as though it just, it's been a, he's been good overall, but it's been a, it was a missed opportunity in, in his, in his good years where yeah. he was doing a great job, but just, you know, there will always be a sense of regret about that period. And then, last two two years or so it's been absolutely dire to watch um just about getting results but uh i'm not sure how i'm not sure how we're we're fourth in the table because i can't think of many games i've watched this season where we've been uh, anything other than than really grim grim to mm. watch mm. yeah i think there's just he's, he's the second longest serving manager in scotland uh he's been there for what, eight years now and that's a long time for a long time. Manager anywhere. And there just comes a point where things just get a bit stale. I feel yeah. like he he's not uh I don't think he's gonna be able to to turn it turn it round. He's been fortunate that hearts have, have also you know got relegated as well. So um and Dundee United have only just come back into the top fight. So these would be traditional rivals for mm. for you know third and fourth European spots. So you basically basically just got Hibs competing against. And they've not been that happy with their manager at times this season too. So it feel, just feels like feels like he's feels like he's just he's run his run his course. Um, and the best thing would have been had he gone to a, you know a decent job down south. Um, he goes with goes with the best wishes. Um, we get weighed in financially and we can start afresh. But now it feels like it's just going to drag on and on. Uh, because we can't really afford to to pay him off. He's on a big contract, um, and nobody's going to come in and take him because his his recent record um, is poor. Is poor. He's already been down south of Bristol City, so he's he's his stock isn't that high there. The only other club in Scotland that would be clubs in Scotland that would be bigger would be Celtic and, and Rangers. Yeah. I mean, Hearts would be similar level, but he's mm -hmm. he's not going to he's not going to go there. Um, or Hibs. So, do you, there's, do you, there's, there's, there's nowhere, nowhere for him, for him to yeah. go. So he's, he's going to hang on in there until he gets, until it gets so bad that he gets sacked, which would probably mean going into the bottom six, which is not going to happen this season. It might happen next season. The way we're playing and the way we're, you know, trimming down the squad uh, pretty significantly. Lost McKenna, lost Cosgrove, uh, mm. and shoring things up with loan signings uh, and that kind of thing. So. I'm, uh, no, I mean it's. I'm, I'm pretty apathetic at the moment. It's just you're watching it. It's bad enough without the crowds. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Up with him, up yeah. for it without that. Although to be fair, it doesn't change the atmosphere too much. A lot of our home games, mm. um, but yeah, just just a bit. 
why do you think what what like I mean, why do you think that at the time, you know, you said, you know, Hearts were out and, and Rangers were out and there was just Celtic and I know I know I understand the, 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 the money side of the game and I get that they have a lot more money than, than Aberdeen will, but why why do you think there wasn't an opportunity or why why do you think that, you know, maybe not even Aberdeen, why do you think no one else was maybe even able to pit them or is it as simple as the money? Well, that's obviously a big part, mm-hmm. but uh, well, there were two seasons. The first was 14-15, and that's when all three, Hibs, Hearts and Rangers were all out of the yeah. league. Um, and that season, I would say, our main problem was games against Celtic. Uh, if I remember rightly, I think they won all four of the matches against us that season. Right. Um I think that that was that was probably the key um, in that campaign. The following season, we had a better record against Celtic. We beat them twice at home. Uh, I was at one of those games. Fortunately, I was back for a wedding, and that was that was fantastic. One of my best experiences at Petodre. And Class. yeah, there was a real. There was a. It was around early February. And I think we were we were joint top or something like that, and it was it was proper. It was proper tight. You felt, you know, this, this this could really happen, and that you still felt there was a chance until I don't know middle of March or something. Then we lost a few. We didn't. We probably didn't invest. Whether we had the money to do so, mm. maybe we didn't. But we were mm-hmm. trying to uh, get away with pretty questionable uh, defence at times. Ash Taylor. We lost the goalkeeper Danny Ward, who we had on loan from I think from Liverpool at the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, he was fantastic for us, and then he got yep. recalled, and they sent him out to an English Championship club instead. Huddersfield. Then, uh, aye. Uh, then we, we attempted to get away with uh, what's his name, Scott Brown, I think was the goalkeeper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, I was murder. Just it was a huge climb down in, in quality, and uh, those were those were factors, and. Uh, yeah, it just. Do you think lost, just lost lost games that we we really shouldn't have, and just yeah. away from leading positions, and it was probably a little bit of bottle, um, but also comes down, you know, the, the gap between Aberdeen and Celtic uh, is much bigger than the gap between Aberdeen and let's say a Motherwell or a, mm-hmm. at the time a Dundee or something like that. Um, so well. Well, and like 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 you know, we'll get into the Scottish football kind of stuff in general as a bit. But what what do you think that for, from looking on the outside in then for Aberdeen, obviously, like you say, maybe maybe being a little bit less emotionally attached to it because you're away from it. What from the outside in? First of all, are you kind of thinking that you know not not for not for any other reason than it's ran its course that maybe it's time for McInnes to go? And who who would you maybe? like to see be given that opportunity if you think it is time for McInnes to maybe go in to freshen things up? Uh, well, I think it is. I think, I think it's, 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 you know, it's definitely run its course, but mm. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, you know, pay over the odds to, to sack him uh, at this point in time when we're clearly, uh, you know, financially we're, we've got to be very careful not we're going to lose you know yeah. lose month after month of uh, of gate receipts and stuff like that and all yeah. the other match day revenues um and you know and what um, what are we really chasing i mean we're chasing what third or fourth mm. you know you can 
we might still we might still manage that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. With McInnes. Um So I think we're just we're just we're stuck with him for now, and it has to get really bad for him to uh, to be let go. But yeah, I would I'd be in favour of changing in terms of a replacement. Um, really don't know. Don't know. I think. I mean, Martindale is is interesting. He's had a couple of couple of poor results there, but um, he's one that would interest me. Jim Goodwin, I think, is doing a good job at St Mirren. Like his attitude, mm. um, I think those would probably be the. Well, I don't think we would. I don't think we would appoint Martindale. I think his his baggage would be probably too much for a club like Aberdeen, rightly or wrongly. I would have no issue whatsoever with him being the. That's the manager. Livingston manager, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. But um, whether Aberdeen would would stand for that, I'm not sure. Right. Goodwin, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with him. Although I'd be I'd be terrified of an appointment like uh, Strath, a kind of um, nostalgic appointment like uh-huh. or McLeish. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't. I think both of them are probably just just uh, just past the point where they where they would take. Yeah. It. I wonder, I mean, I, you know, no disrespect. And again, um, not, not, of my, not of my time as players. Uh, the, you know, those guys like to strike and McLeish, but know them well as managers. But, mm. and again, I mean, I mean, no, I mean no disrespect because I've, I've, I've obviously not got anywhere close to them. But you do, like you say, you just feel like those, those guys, and there's loads of them in the Prem that still get it. You know what I mean? Those types of jobs. You just kind of feel like football is kind of, you know, Pat, pat, pass those guys a little bit. It's not that they're, it's not that they're wrong. When when you hear Strach, when I hear like someone like Strachan talk, I think he speaks incredible about football, but he's just not a modern day football manager, probably. You know what I mean? Um, and and there's loads of those guys. But Strachan, I just I when he was in Scotland, the Scotland manager, there was just an attitude about him that. Mm. Um, it just really, really irked me, especially after about after a year or year or so when things started to go south. Um, there was a real, a real stubbornness about him, um, which is fine when it when it works, but it was getting yeah. to a point when it, when it didn't really. And he was things like pick, he was reluctant to pick John McGinn mm. at an early stage. Basically, if there was any player where there was like a clamour from the press or the fans to pick the player, he wouldn't. Um, he would try and do his own things. He'd throw in kind of wild card, um, you know, uh, picks for his starting lineups. Aye, I remember um, that. And a lot of them didn't work out. You, you know, he would point to the the last year in charge where we were unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the damage had been, you know, long done before that. Aye. And, yeah, I, I just I just really went off track, and I speak to Celtic fans, a lot of Celtic fans, about the time there. Then there, they couldn't go him at all, even though his record there on paper was actually pretty good. Mm. Um, there was a phrase that they came up with, "strachanized," which was basically <laughs> players. Uh, I think a particular one was Hartley. Um, right, right. Just referred to players, kind of just. Um, Initially being quite exciting and then just regressing down to you know, yeah, and bolts, uh, players. But um, do do you think like I feel I feel almost as if you you mentioned the Scotland thing, 
Um, and, and I know that Steve Clark's got us to, to, to the Euros and, and it's fantastic and, and, and it's, fan, it's great and hopefully it goes ahead and even better, hopefully fans or some fans are able to go to it. I don't know if that'll happen, but there, there's what you mentioned with, with Strachan about picking the team. I've felt like that for a long, long time, probably for as long as I can remember with Scotland is we just don't seem to pick what seem to be the obvious choices sometimes in our players or, or, or our formation or our shape or give people give people opportunities. Because um, I, I look at how, we, how we're playing in Scotland right now, and don't get me wrong, it's, 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 it's working to a point because we've got to the Euros. But I still think, there's, you, I, I think you could do a little bit more with that team. And I think you can, there's players in that team, like you mentioned, John McGinn, who has mm. gone down to Aston Villa. I remember when he rejected Celtic and the mm. abuse he was getting from that. And I mean, he's been proven a million times over right. For, for, from his decision but yeah they're just I, I don't know I still feel like there's as well as Steve Clark has done I, I, I'm, I'm concerned that it's a real good opportunity to for Scotland in the long term to build something but I'm still thinking we're going through the same mistakes as what you just mentioned maybe with Strachan I still think that's going to happen with Scotland Well now that I'm, I'm, I've got faith in Clark I think he's yeah you know, he's doing a good job there are areas where we are um totally impoverished uh, mm. and he's had to you know put players a bit out of position McTominay and Tierney being part of the, the back three when those two have been you know among the best players in the in the English top flight yeah. but they're both playing out of position for Scotland because otherwise you're going to have three suspect centre halves yes sort of one we can probably get away with one yeah um uh, right back, I mean O'Donnell. I think is is he's given everything he can, but he's mm-hmm. it's going to there's going to be games where he's going to be completely terrorised by a you know uh, by decent forwards, decent wingers. Oh yeah. Uh, other areas we don't really have much up front. Mm. Um, Dykes has been a revelation of a find uh, so far, but uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd, could he get more out of it? Possibly, but I think there's. Most of our best players are um, are in similar areas of the pitch. So you'd like to you'd like to have Jack McGinn, Armstrong, yeah, you know, Inform McGregor, Christie, Fraser, um, Forrest. You know you can't play all of those. So no, you can't. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, and I think he's probably found a system now that might might uh, it might not suit. Um, Forest when he comes back, mm. uh, where previously he was, you know, he was our best player for for a for a spell. He's very. Good. I'm not really sure where he where he fit in the team now. So I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a tough job, but at least he's got he's got you know the, the Scotland supporters are back you know back on side. I'm looking forward to Scotland games now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Much more so than club games, and yeah, it's you know that that came at a good time that. Uh, the, the win in Serbia uh, was a huge, huge boost for for the morale of the country, and yeah, I'm I'm pretty hopeful with him, and I don't I don't I'm you know I don't know where we turn after Clark anyway. I don't think he keep, keeps spinning the wheel with managers. Um, if he was you know if, if you know if we mess up the, the World Cup qualifiers, as long as he wants to stay there, I, I just I just keep him on. I think. Uh, I think he's got. Uh, I think he's just, he's just terrific at, his, at the job, and uh, 
if he can't if he can't work out, then I've, I don't think the, the, the successor would would do any better. So absolutely. yeah, I think I think you're pretty right in what you said. Like when you talk about all the players that you probably want to have play, they all are almost in in the same position, right? They're all almost in the middle of the park, and you can't have can't have all those guys play. It doesn't work. It's going to be far too unbalanced. So he's he's looked at it and thought, how do I want to play? Who best fits that? And 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 that's who how I'm going to stick with it. And I agree with you. I I, I think that you know you can see when when we won it, there's a big change. And mm-hmm. I just think I I said this before on the second one of these we did when I had my uncle Glenn on to talk about it is that th- th- this is it's great to 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 celebrate it and be a part of it and let's enjoy it 100%. But there's an opportunity here for, for Scotland as a whole, right, from, from a football side of things, to finally maybe start getting things going. So over the next 10 years or so and for the future, we continue to qualify for these tournaments and progress because Scotland is, is known as there, – there's, there's players here. It's just it's the, it's the culture we have. It's the setup we have. But there's a way to do it. For sure, and I, and I just think that's my my biggest thing is I want to make sure that as a nation we make sure we capitalize on that. So I think yeah, I think um, I think we're uh, since the Euros have been expanded to twenty four from sixteen. I think it's pretty much inexcusable not yes. to qualify for those World Cups are going to be a stretch. Of course, we couldn't have had a kinder group for for the next one. This is this is you know looks a good opportunity to me, but. You know, we pretty much need to win the group to qualify. The, the yeah. playoff, you get a playoff spot for a second, but then you need to win. Um, you need to win two ties to get through after that. So that's you're asking a lot. Um, but realistically, yeah, if we can qualify for every Euros and you know, fluke a World Cup every uh, mm-hmm. every you know, twelve, sixteen years, that that would that would do me. And at the Euros, who knows? I mean, when you get into this format. You know, it doesn't take that much to get into the knockout knockout stage as we saw last time. Um, you know, usually just one win and maybe 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 a draw. Sometimes sometimes just a win will do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what yeah. What do you think's been? What's like the biggest difference for you um, up until now? From when when I feel like when when you were you were younger. Uh, certainly, maybe like early teens, maybe even a little bit before that. But I feel like there was a, there was a there was a different feel about the Scotland national team than, than there probably has been in the last fifteen years up until this point. Now, like, do you think that's just because we haven't been qualifying and, and it's just not? It's kind of petered out. Clubs kind of gone above. I'd say the national team probably in most places in the world now. But I just I'm just interested to know what kind of what your thoughts on. Or on, on how it's how it's changed, or or do you think it hasn't? Uh, well, I mean, I remember the I first started getting into football when I was um, seven. So my first tournament was Euro, Euro '92, which Scotland were at. There was only eight teams, and I remember I remember the qualifying campaign for that as well. Some of some of the matches, mm. and uh, yeah, it was a it was I'm seven years old. That was incredibly exciting. You know, these like summer watching football in the summer and the evenings and uh, it was a good tournament all in all. Denmark won, which was a shock and you had a great Germany team, a great Dutch team. England got papped out by Sweden, which was which was good. And Scotland wow. performed performed well. We uh, we did you know we lost to Germany and Holland, but they were narrow, narrow defeats, played reasonably well and uh, and beat what was effectively Russia but the CIS um, 
or the Soviet, I suppose it was kind of in between the Soviet Union and Russia. Mm. It was it was a Georgian guy who played for him. Um, but uh, and yeah, we were, we were, when we didn't qualify for World Cup '94, I mean that was like a total disgrace. They called it. There was a defeat to Portugal. We lost five nil. Right. And at this time, Portugal weren't a great side at the time. They didn't. They weren't qualifying for uh, for tournaments regularly. Okay. They pumped us five nil, and that was described as the night the team a team died. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was that felt like a proper you know big blow, uh, proper downfall. Mm. Um, so that's you know so usually we're getting you know you knew what the disappointment was like. We thought we thought at that point that's going to be a bit of a one off, and we'll get it back together. And sure enough, Major ninety six did all right there. Made the World Cup ninety eight. We're we're poor there. And then, and then we were very close to making Euro 2000. We had the playoff with England. Yeah. Um, and since, but since, yeah. But since then, you could tell things. I mean, Craig Brown was the manager and uh, he was very, very loyal to his players and they were loyal to him. But it got to a point where, um, yeah, the guy, when Vokes took over, uh, he really did have to start from scratch. Now, people took the piss out of him for some of his selections. They said it was like jury duty. But um, he was, he didn't have much choice, really. He didn't have a great deal to work with. And part of that no, was because Brown held on too long to to the old guard and yeah. didn't let younger guys come in. But, you know, votes can it be, for, got first caps for Fletcher, McFadden. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the votes here was pretty dire. Um, and then... But there was a there was an upsurge again in uh, the two thousand Euro two thousand and eight campaign where we been very nearly qualified, we beat France twice, um, and we lost to Italy on that day. And that that the atmospheres at the games at that time um, were were the best I can I remember going to, going to Scotland games anyway. Class you know, man, I've, ne- I've never electric and you know never been. Um, it was tough, even if even if it was against somebody like well Georgia were in our group. Getting a ticket for that was you know it wasn't uh, wasn't that easy. Um, you guaranteed guaranteed a full house, you know, fifty odd thousand. And mm. even in even in you know before before COVID hit, we were you know the gates we were getting for games were pathetic. You know, I think of a game against yes. Albania we had about seventeen thousand. Yeah. Um, so you could have played that at like Rugby Park or. Uh, mm. The road, but um, as a, a separate point, I feel oh, I'm glad that, glad that things have revived now. Yes, um, but for a while, I got the feeling that with this, maybe going a little bit too political, but when the independence referendum came round, then suddenly there was there was obviously a bit of a divide in the country, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of fans were put off being associated with the Tartan army because obviously that would be considered. Of the independence thing. Independence. You know, I think I think Scotland support suffered from that. Um, even though, even though a lot of people who Scotland fans would have voted no as well, but yeah, um, I, I think there was I think there was a bit of a split there. Uh, that would make sense. Maybe maybe now we're just starting. To, I think it still is. The UK is, is a very divided place at the moment. Aye. As well, but Scotland is. Uh, I think Scotland lost a bit of its, um, you know, back backing in that time. Um, but hopefully, hopefully that can be put to one side, and I think everybody, everybody will be getting right behind them. And, uh, oh yeah, 
in the Euros and the World Cup qualifiers as well. And uh, um, hopefully, hopefully my theory is wrong. Some people will take the piss out of me for for that for thinking that has been the case. But I'm I'm pretty sure it is because there are games where we were struggling to get um, we were struggling to get good crowds. Um, against your Slovakia's, Slovenia's, stuff like that, which were key games. You know, had to, we had a good chance to qualify with that. Yeah. And definitely 10 years, 10 years before, even with a poorer side, and it was a poorer side, Walter Smith and Alex McLeish did, did a brilliant, brilliant job with the with limited resources there. Um, and we were, you know, we were struggling, struggling to get people people in, in, in the door. So, No, I, I think, know. no, I think, I think, I mean, uh, whether whether I agree or di- whether I agree or disagree, I think that I think politics has a place the part plays a part massively. It's it's part of part of the culture of the country, right? So, where you're going through as a country is going to have an impact on the sport, and especially the national team. So, I don't I don't think you're I don't think you're too wrong on that, man. To be honest with you, um, I wanted to I, I wanted to ask you about this uh, about kind of like what what you've done personally for kind of still I know you said you're not doing it doing it anymore and um, but kind of still pursuing a career somewhat in football right through 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 some sort of journalism that you did so I just kind of wanted to, to ask you about like what did what what did you do after after school and uni to, to kind of get to the point where you're at living in Georgia um, because I think that a lot of people that like football uh, that maybe want to grow up to be a pro football player which is extremely difficult to do kind of only maybe see that as a path or maybe see being a coach as a path. So I just think it's good that there, there's there's other ways to, to go about and still still live in football. And, and you kind of went away and done that. So I just kind of wanted to know what, what you did and, 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 and kind of how you found it. Well, I mean, first of all, I would say um, I've only ever done uh, any sort of football writing as a, as a hobby. Right. Be it's hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not well paid, but just a kind of side, you know, yeah, yeah. a side side thing. So mm-hmm. I don't want to give the impression that I've you know um, made a career, whole full career, career yeah. yeah. Football journalist. That has not been the case. But when I've no, I've I've, I've did cover games for an agency in Scotland for a few years. Uh, okay. I mean, university got me in touch, and uh, so I used to go to. <clears throat> First game I did was like Aloha, Peterhead, um, and uh, and yeah, it was it was great. I mean, obviously, I always loved my football, and you know, had to write a little piece on that, interviewing managers after, and doing the stats, phoning in the phoning in the goals, and uh, to like the, the the press association and stuff like that. So basically, I'm the guy. I would well for some games, I would be the guy who was. Basically responsible for that that score coming up at the bottom of your your soccer Saturday. All right, okay, yeah, yeah. That's how it worked then. I don't know if that still cool. works like that. Maybe one guy would be working for the press association at the game. No, sometime. it does. It does because I've been looking for work, and there's a thing where you do that, and and the scores come up. So it definitely does to work like that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that, that I got to go to cover a couple of Aberdeen games, which was a treat, and you know I was getting my getting my work in, uh, you know, all sorts of papers, ranging from the Times down to Sunday Post and um, covered some great games. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was fun. I, I, never, I never really considered it was going to be, I was ever going to make a living out of it, even right. back then. It's got much right. harder to do that now. 
and I, I never I never really had that ambition from the from the outset. I don't think. I think you have to be incredibly determined. Um, you have to be able to establish good connections, um, and, and yeah, I mean the opportunities are, are dwindling year on year for for uh, journalists. And now you need to probably have a wider skill set. You probably need to degrees uh, and shit. Photojournalism, mm -hmm. um, vlogs, all that kind of stuff. So podcasts like this as well. So yeah. People have to build a bit of a kind of empire to uh, to. To make it these days, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, I listen to a lot of these. I listen to the Terrace. I listen to Graham Spears' podcast. Um, listen to Boxby and Jacobs and all these kind of things. Aye. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I love, I loved uh, doing it when I moved it to Georgia, two thousand and ten. I mean, that wasn't really related to about football or anything but that right. was one of the things I could do when I first came here when I was just mm -hmm. scratching around for work to get started yeah. the English language newspaper here they didn't have a sports guy so you know George R. playing Israel I think it was in the first qualifier do you mind if I you sort me out with a press pass I'll go along and they're like oh god yeah absolutely absolutely I mean paid absolutely but, but it was a great experience you know I was, I, I, you know I didn't feel like I was you know making it or anything like that yeah it was yeah just a treat. it was just a treat to go and sit in the and you know press box good seat you're writing about the game you're um filing your report after asking you know interviewing managers after and stuff like that it was it was great it was just great fun and uh the pinnacle for me pinnacle mm -hmm. makes it sound far far grander than it was basically yeah, yeah. i just had a good excuse to go to georgia matches mm. and Right on them, and later on, I would tweet on tweet about them when that became a thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I know I you know became something of an authority on on Georgian football for a while, and you know, pretty high level journalists would would contact me uh, before you know a certain international team would come here, whether it be the French or the Irish or or whatever. And obviously, when Scotland played here, that was that was a real treat. Um, you know, I was. It was good to meet a few of the uh, the hacks that were out for for that game, and that was that was just a Class. massive all round. Although the best was probably the, when the Super Cup, the UEFA Super Cup, was played here, two thousand fifteen. It was Barcelona against Sevilla. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, managed to. It was a rigmarole, but managed to get a pass for that through UEFA and uh, Barcelona five four. One of the best games I've been to. Uh, Pedro, Pedro scored the winner in the extra time. But yeah, I remember um, that game now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a real kind of festival feel to it, and uh, that's class. Being at that and thinking, you know, this is, you know, this is great. You know, this is just, it was just such a just a treat as well. We, we yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By then, by then, I had one son, and soon I had a second. Mm -hmm. And after a while, it becomes harder and harder to justify, um, you know. Spending four or five hours, what it might take, you know, okay. going to the game pre-match, then afterwards, right maybe the getting a bit of food afterwards as well. You start, you know, is this, is this, I'm maybe not got that much social time now. Is this the yes. best, yeah. just the best use of my time for what is, you know, pretty much kind of token yeah. money return. So uh, eventually I've, I've I still go to get a good, but now I, I went back to going to games with, with mates now. It's a better right. way. 
class was before the COVID. So I don't know. I might I might go but I might go back to back to it. Um, might reassess things a little mm-hmm. bit. It does give me a good out, a little outlet, something different to For do. Sure. Next to days, go to the football. Yeah, I spend my days editing and proofreading um, all kinds of texts, all kinds of right. uh, academic papers and uh, you know reports and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I mean that that is that has been a, that was a good business decision and that's going really yeah. really well. And it's, you know, we've actually had our best best year ever in the during the pandemic. But I still wouldn't mind a little you know additional outlet and. Uh, and yeah, although although covering Georgia is not always uh, been that thrilling, uh, right? Uh, Have you? Well, there's been a couple. Of, well, the best, one of the best, the best for them was they beat Croatia, a well, last minute winner. That was that was my first year when I was out here. At that point, it looked like they had a wee sniff of getting to the Euros. It didn't didn't materialise. Mm. But um, when they're, they're crazy, they're crazy about their football. Uh, but uh, well, they've kind of they've fallen out of love with their national team, and they t- they turn right. on their national team very quickly if things are not going right because they did have great players in the Soviet days and in the eighties. A lot of the Soviet Union team was made up of Georgians. Dinamo Tbilisi won the Cupners Cup in eighty one, so they've grown up with all these stories, or some of them experienced them, and uh, and they just feel a bit let down with. Yeah. Uh, they're not getting the great moments, yeah. Well, Georgia has produced mm. on, on its own as a football nation. And Makes it's sense. a shame. A shame. We'll see if that... There's a few promising young players, as far as I'm aware. I've lost touch a little bit. But I watch, right. I don't watch all the games, whether I go or obviously recently I've just watched them on the on the telly. And uh, well, they've, they've got enough to... As Scotland found out, they've got enough to do damage to, to stronger teams. Right. Day, but... Probably not enough to sustain it for a whole whole campaign. So, and as long as this, this Nations League thing keeps going, that will be. I mean, they really blew a huge chance here. Mm. The same night that Scotland beat Serbia, before that, Georgia were playing North Macedonia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they they lost one nil here, which is a real a real sickener because they, they won that. They were at the Euros, and that would have been the first time first time ever. Um, and yeah, that Class. felt like a, just a real. I was talking about Aberdeen's missed opportunities, which were pretty mm. bad, but uh, at least we can look back to some, you know, spells of, of glory and, and, you know, slightly before my time. But uh, for the Georgians as an independent nation, this would, have, this would have just been huge, such a huge lift. And also, just like Scotland during, or any country during the pandemic, it would have given given a great morale boost to the people as well. So yeah. that was, I really felt, I really felt for them that night. I think the players just froze really. Yeah. Happens. It happens on the big occasions. It, it happens. Do you, have you had a chance to like watch in terms of the leagues, the, the Georgian leagues and stuff? Like, do you, do you watch that? Do you, do you cover those games? Have you, did you cover those games at all or, or no? No, I never had uh, much interest in the, in the league matches, I, mean, I went to, went to a few now and then, but you know, right. I think that would be more interesting. I mean, I've got a map of Georgia behind me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you get further towards the big blue thing on the side, which is a Black Sea, right? Um, people, I think, are a bit more passionate about the game, or certainly okay. about their local clubs over okay. there, and just everywhere outside the capital. People in the capital are a bit, a bit, a bit half arsed about their uh, about. 
league football anyway. When it gets to European games, they can get decent crowds. Mm. Uh, I mean, the first year I was here, Dinamo, and that's I love, I love going to see the Georgian teams play in Europe. And yeah. usually because most of the grounds in the country are not uh, suitable for playing these matches, they have to play them into places. So you've got teams travelling three, four hours to or uh, three, four hours from where they're they're actually based to come and play their matches in Tbilisi. So it's great for me. So I'm getting like a couple of matches a week. And usually they've fought their own. I've seen some great, great wow. games here. When I saw Dinamo play AK Athens when was the first year I was here. And there must, there was, I think there was about 45,000 in the game. Um, and the place was absolutely bouncing. Scored early, made it 1-0, uh, went to extra time. And then the, I think it was Good John, I do Good Johnson actually. Hmm. Either won the penalty or scored the penalty. He was definitely playing, and then oh, that was that was that was another big letdown because that would have been group stage football and another you know another three games here. Yeah, European European nights are are terrific here. I really enjoy Plus. those. Okay, you know the weather's glorious in the summer here, just guaranteed. Mm. <coughs> Exceptional heat. <coughs> Quality. Do so you? Those are, those are good nights. Do you like what I mean? I know you've kind of said you, you haven't watched a lot of it, so maybe it's an unfair question, but it, from, from the games you have watched, and, and, and it's okay if you, if you say you can't really say, but what, what would you say? What, what, is there a difference there between you know, the Scottish level or the, or, the, or the English level that we get here? I mean, is it... Is it don't know, I, don't, I don't like using the word worse because I, I always think that every country and culture is just different, but I mean, mm. what, what, how does it compare? Would you say from what you've seen? Um, yeah, I mean, I've probably, I've probably, I've, I've seen enough through the years to to make a comparison. I think I'd be qualified to okay to do that. Uh, and when my dad comes over, we'll always, well, we we'll usually, we we'll usually catch a game or two or three. Class. And, uh, I think the general, I mean, there's different stages because you've got Dinamo, the, the big club, and uh, in terms of resources, they have much more than. The other clubs, they don't always put it to good use. Okay. They don't always win the league. It's not a total monopoly. But uh, they would... And put it this way, Aberdeen played Shikura Sachkeri, which is... A, uh, I think they'd finished about fourth in the Georgian League the season before. We played them out here, finished one all. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think we were real, We weren't really ready for the game, I didn't think. And then we back at Petodri, beat them 5-0. Very comfortable. And I think... Uh, I mean, based on that, and but I think if Aberdeen had played Dinamo, or the top team, okay. you know, they could it could have been tight. So I think overall, I would say the league is somewhere around probably about Scottish Championship. Okay, um, all right. Scottish Championship, but maybe with a with a team in there that shouldn't really be there, a la mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, a, or a Rangers or something. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say about that level. English, in terms of English, I don't know. I don't know where I, where I would be these days. Probably, right. probably, talking, probably talking League One. Um, okay, something like that. Interesting. No, it's uh, it's something that that I'm wanting to to somehow do <clears throat> that I feel like I've missed out on. Like I said at the start, is I, I've never really I pursued the coaching so young mm-hmm. that I, I never had the experiences of being able to certainly over here. You know the, the culture of it in America is just it, it's different. It's, it's it's not the same as here. So yeah. I never had the never had the experiences of going to all these these games and and certainly going to places in Europe to, to either you know follow your team or just to go to random games. So it's just interesting to know because 
Um, I've never done it. And, you know, all you get here now, I mean, you don't even get, I don't know when the last time you were here for a while was, man, but you don't, you get no Scottish football. I mean, you get, you get the Rangers and Celtic games and you get sports scene, which, which is great. And, and, and they do good analysis, but you just don't, you don't get to see it. You just don't get to see it. And, and it's a shame because I think that the game isn't as bad as people kind of make out it is, to be honest with you. I think it's, I think it's got a lot of parts of, of football in Scotland that England's actually missing. And the way that the, the English Premier League's gone, um, you know, with the money and the TV packaging, there's a lot of good to that. But I think it's lost, it's lost a bit of its soul. And I still think that Scottish football has, yeah. has that bit, you know, um, from the game. Well, I totally agree. So and that's, uh, that's why I still like about Scottish football. I love about Scottish football is, is the kind of community thing. And uh, you've seen that during the pandemic. I'm sure English clubs have, have done it as well. But Of course. Um, yeah, it just, it just there is just more of an attachment, I think, between the people and the players, largely because they're not earning... In some cases, they won't even be earning more than the than your punters in the stands. Um, you know, yeah, massively. Top flight and hearts. You know, most guys playing football in Scotland are you know just getting a, an average wage. So they, you know they're not they're not big time Charlies or anything like that. They're just there yeah. is still that. Uh, they're not uh, celebs. They're not celebrities. Like no. the, the the English players have almost become celebs. You know, they've they, they've got millions of followers on Instagram and all that now. Yeah. Like they're celebrities. Yeah, I think what I love yeah. about Scottish football is it just doesn't. I mean, I listen to it off the ball all the time, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't doesn't take itself too seriously. Which yeah. uh, I don't think you could say that about English football. And uh, yeah, so I, I've no, I've, I, love, I love going to all these grounds, and I can't wait to take my sons to uh, around the Scottish grounds. Um, that'll be brilliant. That'll be that'll be a real real treat as well. And, oh yeah. Um, and yeah, you just go into these because you know some of these are just great days out, and uh, you know, and you know you get all over the country, and uh, it's a great a great way to see the country. And who knows what kind of game you're gonna you're gonna stumble into as well. Yeah. I've seen a few absolutely howlers, nil nils, and that, but you've also seen some some incredible matches where you would least expect it. And uh, yeah, I remember going to. Uh, a few of us went to Sterling Albion against Morton around Christmas time. It was about five or six years ago. Okay. And uh, we did the hospitality stuff. We just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christmas treat for ourselves. And uh, it was an incredible game of football. Sterling were 3-1 up and uh, the Morton fans were baying for blood. They were wanting Jim Duffy was the manager, wanting him sacked and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And then started coming back. 3-2, 3-3, then 3-4. And, Morton, and then Morton got a penalty in the last minute to make it 5-3. But the... The keeper saved it, and I say the keeper saved it, it was the uh, it was an outfield player because the keeper had just been sent off and given away the penalty, and he saved you know. I remember this game, man. Yeah. Saved his pocket. Uh, was, oh, uh, I, think it's, I think it's on YouTube. And yeah, uh, yeah, even to this, I mean that that's we didn't go there with any expectation of of course a great game of football. We thought we'll have a good day, we'll have a few beers, we'll have a scran, uh, you know, mingle mingle with the locals. Yes. Um, and you know we might get a half decent game. I'll have a good laugh, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be one of the one of the one of the best games that I've been to. And I must have been hundreds. Class, and, huh? uh, That's that's what I do love. I love going to games. Always have done, and uh, yeah, especially well, going to new grounds. And we started doing that recently, meeting up with a few of the old old mates and mm-hmm. meeting up a kind of neutral 
venue. It was Prague and then it was Milan last year. Yeah. And unfortunately, that tradition's had to be, you know, put on the back burner this year, but hopefully we'll get back to revive that, revive that when, uh, when things, when we're able to do so. And uh, How was the San Siro? I, mem- I miss... Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, carry, carry on, carry on, finish your point and then... I miss uh, the... I do miss going to games. I mean, if I was back in Scotland, I, don't, I wouldn't go every week. and I wouldn't, mm. wouldn't go and see Aberdeen every week. Yeah, yeah. I would catch, you know, if Aberdeen were playing in the Central Bell, let's say if I was living in the Edinburgh area. Yeah. I'd, you know, I'd go to probably our, most of our away games, or, well, some of our away games around there. I would pick and choose. But I would go to football maybe every every couple of weeks and uh, I would take in, I would take in our Eighth Rovers or a... Um, you know, St Mirren or Air or uh, whatever, you know, Montrose, mm. I would, you know, take a wee expedition. Uh, that's what know. I want to do, man. I I, I want to do that. You know, I've been, been speaking to my Uncle Glenn about it and there's a, like you say, there's, there's, it's not just, it's not just the game. It's the, it's mm. the day out that, that's, uh, that plays a big part oh, in it. Yeah. So the game, uh, the games, are, the games, I mean, sometimes like the game I described there was that, was incredible, but yes, um, most of the time you accept that the game is just you know. Oh yeah, it, it's the reason. It's the reason to be there, mm. um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not a lot else. It shouldn't shouldn't be the you know shouldn't be the absolute everything because then you're 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 setting yourself up for a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, uh, your day needs to have a bit more to it than that. Of course, right, there's a you know a journey involved. You know, so you're going to meet on the train or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just you know something that I, I do I do miss a lot and uh, big part big part of football man is 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 doing oh, that. That's that's much more. All of that, yeah. all of the, yeah. the, the areas that surround the grounds. Yeah, uh, obviously the pubs and stuff like that. But, you know, shops, takeaways, um, parks, and you know, um, it's just yeah. That, that that's what I love about football is it, it brings you into contact with, with so, so much more than just, you know, because the game itself, you know, I can sit and chat and, you know, I can watch plenty of games and we can, we can chat about, uh, you know, who's, who's a good centre-half or mm. who, who's, who Arsenal should sign or um, yeah. you know, should he get a game for Scotland or whatever. But um, that, that can be a bit limited. But when you, when you start talking about football in the broader sense and all the... The heritage all the clubs have, and all these you know amazing stories that go with their their supports, and you know their great teams of the past, and all that. I mean, I can get lost in that for oh yeah all the time. That, that, will, you, that will always have an appeal, even if even if the game today isn't it doesn't mean as much. It still means a lot, but it doesn't mean as much to me as it did. Uh, but uh, but but the the whole you know the football in the broader sense, yeah. Uh, you know, and everything that comes with it, that, that will always, always be special for me. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, you, you mentioned, obviously, going to San Siro. I, I want to get to that um, after this next bit towards the end, but I wanted to get what your thoughts are on, um, on VAR. I don't know if uh, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a board about, you know, talk, because I feel like it, it's, you know, obviously, who I support Liverpool, who, who are in the, in the Premier League, and, and and there's little incidents with it every week, and it gets talked about all the time on Sky Sports and that. And it, it gets a little bit boring because what we've just talked about, none of that stuff gets talked about. The game doesn't get talked about, all the other things. But 
you know, Scottish football doesn't have it. And as a fan of a team that is in a league that has it, there's a big part of me that's like, I don't know if you guys even want to go down the route of having it. Because it's been such a shit show, it may get, it may and it probably will and, and it has to get made to be better and smoother and, and, and all that. But I, what's, what's your thoughts on it probably from looking on the outside end, end of the whole thing? Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan at all. Um, I just I just wouldn't have, wouldn't have bothered. Didn't see any need. I would. I was happy with goal line technology. I thought that's a simple change. That was pretty fluid. That's a simple matter of fact. Boom! You know, we uh, we buzz on the arm. It's a goal. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. We, we should have. We'd be good to have that in Scotland. I'd accept that, but nothing else. I don't want anything else. No. First time really kind of encountered VAR was properly was that uh, World Cup 2018. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't as bad during the World Cup as I, as I expected it to be. You're right, it was okay. Um, mm-hmm. just maybe, they, maybe they tried to hold back and you know not use it too much, but the English games I've watched this season, it's just, it's, it's totally, it's totally changed the game. And yeah. uh, not, not for the better in any way. And I don't I care don't so. if they've got decisions mm-hmm. Right, eventually, if it's taken a minute or two minutes, then it's just it's just killing killing things. And uh, it's I, it, I, I, no, I, I would I would scrap it. And uh, I hope Scottish football never gets it. And it's one of the it's one of the plus points in Scottish football at the moment is that it doesn't have it. Like I I I understand and understood, and I still get I get what they're trying to bring it in to do. Right, they're trying to make it fair. Right, they're trying to get the right decision. But there's so much to the game of football that I just it it takes like we said it it for me personally it takes a soul away like it really takes a soul away and the biggest thing about football is a goal for your team mm-hmm. and football shouldn't be five four and it's great when we get those games and everyone wants those games but football isn't and shouldn't be five four football is one nil two nil. 2-1, like that, it's hard to score a goal, right? And this whole, this, you know, I, I went, speaking about going down to games and everything, I was fortunate enough, uh, Jesus, man, I need to think now, but the season Liverpool, when Liverpool won it, I went down at Christmas that year anyway with mm. with Greg and Matthew, fortunate enough to go there, and Liverpool beat Wolves 1-0, uh, and Sadio Mane scored the only goal, and Lalana scores... I was. This is the only time I've been in a game with it. I don't know if you've been at a, at a game in a ground with it yet, but um, you know the ball gets played over the top. Lalana shouldered it down to, to to Manny, and Manny scored, and you're absolutely buzzing. And all of a sudden, the rest blowing the whistle, and inside the stadium, for it took them. It was one of those that took three, four minutes mm. to get the decision, and everyone's on their phone trying to load Twitter up to like see the videos on Twitter. You know what I mean? To be like, and. It was this moment of me, Greg, and Matthew walked out the ground being like, that was shit. Like, it killed the moment. I'd rather have, if the ref got it wrong, I'd rather have the, ref, the linesman flagged. And that was it. It really killed the moment of the goal. And certainly from us, us three being fans that don't get to go there a lot because it's extremely difficult to get there, yeah. it, 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 it took a big moment away of why you go to a game. So th- for me, that was when I was like, I don't think I can do this. Unless they can sort that out some way, which I don't see they can do, I'm not a fan. I'm no, not that fan. sounds dire, and that's yeah, yeah. that's what I would. 
you're right. You know, you want you just want that. You know, you know. It's bad enough when you celebrate a goal and you suddenly look up and see the linesman's got mm. up. That was always pain in the arse. But this, yeah, you see, people are subdued in their celebrations because they're waiting for. And I was at well, the game I'll get on to talk about this Milan derby, but that was one of the like only two games I've been to where VAR's been in, in play. Right. Okay. And yeah, you notice that the fans were like cheering kickoff because that obviously marked. It was oh, oh, you know yeah. for a fact it's not going to get uh, uh, yeah. And uh, I just thought, well, this is this is kind of new and a bit interesting, but it's also just shite. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. I, I just I, I, there were other things that were starting to annoy me about about football, but um, VAR really is. Uh, I think as the potential to you know. To really get me disinterested in it, and uh, I never thought that would be possible that something could come along and do that. There's other factors as well, you know, just interested in maybe a broader range of things these days. But but yeah, but no, it's, it's and there was it's, a spell. Yeah. There was a spell here where the English games weren't on cable TV for a couple of years. It's just okay. come back this season. Okay, and previously, had that been the case, I would still be going down to the pub and I would be. Taking in a game, yeah, at least one game every week. But I just had no enthusiasm to do that, and part of that was was VAR. I just didn't. I didn't, really, I didn't feel it was it was worth worth the effort to go down and uh, and what you know, just just it just wasn't the same. And you know, various other things have, have played a part. I don't like the kind of uh, standardised style of football that you see in England as well, which is. Everybody's trying to play it from the back. Um, mm. All the keep, all the keepers are supposed to be kind of quarterbacks, and uh, a lot of them are not that good at getting in the way of, of a moving ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty well, key part of being a goalkeeper. Yeah, and yeah, it just feels it feels like you know, it used to, it used to be gripping, and you just you loved going. You know, you, Man U, a great Man U team would go down to West Ham or something like that, and uh, you know, and West Ham could, you know, rough them up, play them off the park, Wimbledon as well, stuff like that. They've just, there were there were ways to level things. But if everybody tries to play the same way, this is a bit of a tangent, then obviously the team with the best players is always is always gonna is always gonna come through. And uh, I guess I guess Guardiola is responsible to some extent some, some extent of that. I mean he's yeah, he a lot of good a lot of good for football and uh some produce been responsible for some of the best football I've watched in my in my life in that Barcelona team. Oh yeah, uh, but but um, it's a it's a shame that I think too many people have tried to copy him when they just don't have the the tools to do. It. I think you have to have absolute cream to work with for for what he, uh, which is the only job he's ever had has been basically the, the team with the best resources in that league. Yes. Um, so would he, able, would he be able to pull that off for you know we'll never find out but for no, a, yeah, we'll never a know. mid-range a mid-range English team or a, a mid-range mm. Spanish team I suspect not I, I, I always felt like uh, you know I, I obviously I, I pursued I pursued the coaching for, for eight years um, and you just mentioned Pep massive part and influence on, on why I wanted to I wanted to stay in football I knew I wasn't obviously going to be a player so 
I went down the coaching path and he was, a, he was a huge influence on what I wanted to do. But I also, I don't know whether are fortunate enough just to grow up playing in Scotland at not any decent level, but, you know, just playing the game of also understanding there's, there's a lot more to it than, 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 um, you know, playing nice football, which is great, which I wanted to do as a coach. Like I wanted to have my goalkeeper play out the back and all these types of things. But there's a, there's almost like an arrogance in that, like, if you don't do it that way, then it's wrong. Whereas football has always been about debate. Uh, you know, it's, that's what it's always been about. It's, it's a debate and nothing's right or wrong. And it's turned into, if you don't do it this way, then it's wrong. And it's like, well, hold on. There's a million ways to play the game. And I yeah. remember, I remember Gary Neville a long time ago before podcast became a big thing. And it probably wasn't even called a podcast. But um, do you know Guillaume Balahe, the, the Spanish? Um, yeah, yeah. So he, he, he did his own one and he had Gary Neville on. This must be like six years ago now. It was a long time mm. ago. And Neville summed it up perfectly. He was like, the great teams can do everything. They can play, but they can also match, match, it, match you, you know, physically. Uh, whatever, whatever's thrown at them in the game, they can adapt to and play. And my concern with these days is that, and I've seen it obviously in a different country, but I've done a little bit of coaching here too. And I get it, it's cool, but see people just try and copy and emulate this style. That is, you have to understand that A, the manager, Pep Guardiola, was brought up and bred in that environment with that style. So he knows it's in him. He knows it inside out. And also all the players are brought through from the age of seven years old to play that way. So when it clicks, it's fucking perfect and it's magic. And that's what we saw at Barca. And Pep's done it at City, don't get me wrong. He's done, he's done much in the same. But I agree with you. There's almost become like a snobbery and an arrogance of playing that way. And what it's also made, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here as well, but what it's also made other teams do in the Prem, which is, which is making it not as enjoyable to watch. And when I say this to people, they go, oh, just because one of your teams are the team that are maybe struggling with this, and they are, but... Other teams just sit with 10 men behind the ball. Mm. And you're watching the game where a team's playing it side to side. And the other team is maybe trying to catch a team on the break. But let's be honest, it's not every, a lot of teams are sitting in with 10 men to just try and get a nil-nil. And I get it. And, and it's not right or wrong. But I don't know. There's just a lot of things I agree with you that's making me sometimes about the game. I'm like, I don't feel the same way about it at times. Well, it just comes from the, the massive disparity, which is also... The factor we know for a Man City, you know, Man City, Man U, um, these clubs with you know incredible resources, mm, unlimited. Uh, some yeah. of them quite, some of them quite dubious, and um, and you know, our, our team just gets up and you know the battle to finish seventeenth or that kind of thing. It's just yeah, those 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 games. Maybe this season's not up here an example because there have been a few shocks. Yeah, um, maybe has been better, but certainly the trend had been that I'd noticed was that you know the minnows were just getting absolutely uh, smashed, ripped apart. Um, and I suppose well, man, you hit nine the other week, but uh, that was that was a bit of an odd one. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't. Um, It's, I don't want to be like a you know a grumpy old guy who's just like saying oh it was always better in my day because everybody mm. always says that but I think the, I think the general feeling uh, is that it was it was better in 
in the nineties. I mean, you do talk about an Arsenal Man U game in the nineties. We were I was talking about this with a few mates the other week. Yeah, and the, that was box office. You wouldn't. Oh you yeah, for the world. No, nope. um, the characters involved. You know, there was quality, but there was a lot of uh, spice about the games as well. And uh, you knew it was going to be a scrap, or there was going to be challenges flying in. Whereas now, you just you just don't have that um, that edge to it. I don't think. Um, we, you've al- you've also, to- yeah. Sorry, sorry, man. We we've also become like. Every, everything's become a bit softer. So it's like, ta- like you know, I've had some incidents in America where you show up to a tournament and, and the rules are, well, there's, there's, there's no slide tackles. And I'm like, what? That's part of the game. Oh, no, no, but someone's in, someone might get hurt. Like, we don't want them to get hurt. They can slide tackle after 12. And it's like, and I know, I know for a fact that there's some, I don't know, I don't think that's a rule in, in Scotland, but I know you can't header the ball now till, till 12 years old. And, and there's loads of things. I know there's a lot of, Sure, there's a lot of scientific studies about that. I have no idea. I'm not qualified to speak on that. I'm sure there's some proof as to it's not a good thing, but there's just loads of little things happening now that's really starting to change the game. And one of the biggest ones for me is do, do you know what annoys me a little bit, actually, Big A, to be honest, is watching these games, right? And you see these strikers and these players go in the box and they're diving, right? Whatever you want to call it, they're diving in the Premier League. And the players are getting pelters. And I'm sitting here saying to my Matthew, I'm like, but VAR is VAR is making them do that because if you get slightly touched in the box, it's a penalty. So if you're Raheem Sterling, who is fantastic at turning people inside out and he's so quick that it's so hard to deal with him, then you're just going to run into someone and make it look like a foul and nine out, nine out of ten times you're going to get a penalty. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I don't want to go back too much to VAR, but yeah, that does definitely encourage yeah. that kind of behaviour. It was an incident last night, the Barca-PSG game, and uh, I think it was Piquet um, got, you know, not much of a wee brush in the face with an elbow and uh, went down in the box and just stayed down for, you know, basically until, make sure he stayed down. It was, it was quite obvious that it wasn't that bad. and stayed down yeah. for as long <laughs> as possible. He was clearly fishing for a bit of VAR and a... A red card, and but with Barca being at home, um, you know, there's every chance he's probably quite quite used to getting those kind of decisions. Um, I mean, Barca and Real do get some incredibly favourable calls in their favour at, at home, but um, yeah, in terms of the heading, I, I think I think that's that's a good thing that that's that's banned because. Well, from the, the documentaries I've watched and here, I mean, Alan Shearer is pretty big on this. Mm. Uh, Chris Sutton as well. Um, and yeah, it sounds like the, the the damage is not done from like just hitting the ball, but it's right. the practice of doing it, you know, 100 times, 150 times a day. That's true. That's true. I mean, you can imagine if you know, and it's not got anything to do with the weight of the ball or the ball, you know, yeah, people say, "Oh, the, the balls used to be like you know medicine balls," but it's just that repeated action of bashing your head against something for you know 100, 150 times in a day. Yeah, um, let alone all the other aerial collisions. Now, how you get? How you are you going to be able to outlaw that from the game entirely? Not really, unless it, you know have to have to change drastically. Um, but I think I think that is a good thing at the, at the young level. Um, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. 
It's not. It's uh, it's it's. I I I don't disagree with you because I, I'm sure that there's like like you say I get it, but just from my experience as a coach, it changes the game because mm. I used to play against some uh, some teams, probably predominantly. You used to play against like the Hispanic teams, and they they would they would be quite direct and just kind of kick the ball, and it's seventy seven a tight pitch, and they kick in, it's in the air and it's bouncing, and it was a disaster. Like no one, a kid can't a kid can't deal with it, and I know that kind of teaches them. This is what I mean. It, it's going to change the game because now the kid has to learn how to deal with that without being on the head of the ball, which you know it's it's not a bad thing, but it, it, it just like you say sometimes. I think sometimes you can get attached to things that are just like part of the game and, and you get emotionally attached. But I, from what you were saying there, that made me think about it a little bit differently that I guess it kind of makes sense for them not to maybe do it at a young age. Yeah. No, it's going, to seem, it's going to seem odd, but, you know, what they mm. probably should do is have a head height rule until, you know, if they can't yeah. get it. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know there's yeah. a fine line between player safety and uh, we're not just well yeah player safety and maintaining the, the game fundamental parts yeah. of the game yeah uh, yeah i agree man it's already changed pretty massively in the last uh 20 30 years um whether we'll get to a stage where heading is outlawed in football i don't know 100 years time that's i think it's completely possible you see the way I do. Rugby, rugby's kind of reviewing itself as well. They've got big issues with all the um, head traumas that they have in that sport. Um, yep. I just don't know. I mean, are you going to get to, are, are sports going to hit a bit of a dead end and uh, they'll have to completely reinvent themselves? I'm not sure. I think um, possible. That's one for the, you know, for decades down the road, really. I think oh, yeah. Football, yeah. Football fairly similar for, for most of our lifetime. But Absolutely. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, to some people it'll look like the game is being softened, but if it's if it's if it's making it safer and, you know, all of our favorite, you know, our legendary favorite players are not getting dementia um uh, you know at a relatively young age, then that has to be a good thing. No, no, you're you're right, man. You're you're definitely not wrong there. Um Last kind of question I want to ask you on 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 Scottish football, and then I'll, I'll I'm going to kind of give you a quick fire of about four or five questions, and then and then we can wrap it up. But uh, what what's your thoughts been on uh, on Stephen Gerrard at Rangers? Um, you know he, he's gone in there; it's his first job. Um, you know it's, it's a huge club; it's a massive club. He's obviously played for played for a huge club, but you know he's on. He's on course to to have one of the best you know seasons a champion has had in in Scotland without a doubt. I think I think they're going to rack up some points. It'll be quite impressive if they get if they get beat a few times between now and the end of the season. But yeah, what, what's been your thoughts on him? Like watching it from afar. Um. Well, first of all, I have to confess I've got a bet with your cousin. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, but, um. My bet was that Gerard would never win a trophy. With Rangers, oh, okay, okay, interesting. But it was a reasonable. I was pretty confident, put it that way. And uh, interesting. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I'm pretty close to being. The good news is that he, he only accepts payment in person, so good. Be able to avoid him 
for the for the rest of my life and uh, <laughs> certainly um, for the next wee while anyway. Pandemic's coming handy. Yeah, um, yeah. No, in terms of in terms of Gerard, well, I thought it was a dubious appointment in the first place. Um, well, you know, rookie manager, you know, it's a little bit of a bit of a cliche, but they usually say that these, you know, guys who were legendary players, you know, uh, tend not to make the best managers because they don't they don't know how to work with players who are vastly inferior to them. Yeah, it's obviously what Gerard was going to find coming to a Scottish club, um, even if it's one of the one of the big ones. Um, I think. Well, obviously, the European European form has been pretty steady and impressive throughout, um, and that, as somebody who doesn't want Rangers to do well, has always been a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, but domestically, they would somehow bottle games, or they would somehow drop points. Um, we just really wouldn't expect them to, um, and even. Yeah, it's his first season I've already finished above them, I think. Um, and, but there was always a gradual improvement. And I was saying, I noticed that a few Celtic mates, and obviously when Reg, Rogers left, um, you felt that um, this is going to be, unless Celtic get a proper replacement in here, which, you know, all respect to Neil Lennon, they didn't do. And the Celtic fans were petrified when, well, not petrified, but they were, you know, they were, Concerned. Uh, they were concerned when he uh, when he got the job, and as it turns out, they were they were right to be that way. Um, and Rangers have just gradually been able to build up a pretty steady squad. It's now quite familiar. Um, uh, you know, good signings in the big positions, um, and yeah, he's you know he's he's improved. I mean, a guy like Ryan Jack when he was at Aberdeen, good you know good player. One of our better ones, but not our best player by any means. Uh, and the improvement that he's brought out of him is, you know, to what extent Gerard's responsible for that? Probably quite a lot. And yeah. uh, that is one example. Um, he's had to deal with an incredibly difficult player in Morelos who um, has let him down countless times. Um, seems to have just about got the kind of got the edge on that one now. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's had he's had a lot of money to spend. I think uh, it's taken him longer than it should have done to be, you know, uh, to be a proper challenge for Celtic. Uh, mm. And he was probably a bit fortunate with the amount of, t- amount of time he got. Uh, I actually, well, some people think, and I probably agree that the the. Pandemic came at a perfect time for him. They just lost to Hearts in the Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they dropped all sorts of points after this trip to Dubai. They'd drawn with us. They'd uh, lost to Hamilton. They'd drawn with St Johnston. They were they were spilling points right and left, uh, and just absolutely surrendered the title pretty much to Celtic. As much as Rangers fans might argue that we still had, they still had two old firm games to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have turned it around, but you know, there was nothing to suggest that, that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. There was definitely unrest among the fans. Had that season gone to a natural finish, Celtic win the league by 10 points, 12 points, whatever. Rangers were out of both cups by that point, we weren't going to win anything. That would have been um, another season for Gerard without, uh, without silverware. I'm not sure he would have survived that. And obviously, with the big 
you know, big bad ten in a row on the horizon for Celtic. They were willing to do anything to stop, uh, stop that from happening. And mm. I th- well, I think it would have been a decision to make. And I've got the feeling Gerard was, uh, was struggling with Morelos at that time in particular. He was late back from uh, international break, I think, or, or uh, time back in Colombia. And uh, yeah, I think there was just there was an element of there was a stroke of stroke of luck there. I think just a bit. This gave him a chance. It also galvanised the Rangers' support because they could point to this, you know, tainted title that Celtic got, and they could they could claim they're being kind of fucked over by the authorities or whatever. And that kind of so there was a, then there was this togetherness, I think, among Rangers fans that wasn't and the team that wasn't there before. The pandemic, it was starting to, they were starting to lose faith in Gerard. I think quite obviously. Yeah, I remember some people saying that to me, hundred yeah. percent. So yeah. I think that's unfortunate. But yeah, this season, he's uh, as much as Celtic have uh, absolutely blown themselves up. <clears throat> Rangers have have been uh, relentless. Do you know? I don't find it remarkable what they've achieved. Um, Okay. Huge advantage over every other team in the league, apart from Celtic. Financially, both teams should really be skittling all of us. Uh, I mean, when Aberdeen are, are the next best, or us and Hibs are the next best, then it shows you how. And the rest of the league, you know, it's a bit of a battle for survival. There's not there's not that many teams that can take points off the old firm realistically now. Or shouldn't be. There's a lot taking them off Celtic, but yeah, I think yeah. I think he's he's. I don't I don't think he's got well until until Christmas time. I don't think the points return was was any better than the previous season. Um, he he's done what should have been done. I think the European form uh, has been excellent, worryingly good actually. Yeah, it has been. He's he's separated the two competitions well. I'm not sure where. I'm not sure who's going to knock them out actually. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's. I think it's at the point now. If he wins the league, you, I think you probably you probably stay for another season. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be a successful mission now that he's got this league. I mean, losing out to St. Mirren in the cup when Celtic were already out, that was a good chance to win silver. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, there's still still black marks against him. I'd say overall, it's probably like a seven and a half out of ten job for him. But fair. Um, but um, in terms of, I think he'll stick around for another season. And I think Liverpool job will, will be there for him as long as it doesn't go completely uh, belly up with Rangers. Yes. Um, whether he goes straight there, I think he's probably because of his playing credentials, he could go straight to Liverpool. He just could like, do. like I mean, just like Solskjaer's got the job at Man U and now Lamp, well, I suppose Lampard did his time. Derby, just like Lampard, they, these guys get fast tracks because of their their status. Massively, um, massively. And that will that could easily happen with with Gerard. There's a there's a there's a there's a good um good video on YouTube of uh, Gerard when he was coaching the Liverpool under 23s, I think it was at the time, with Klopp, and he's just talking to Klopp about managing and stuff. And Klopp says to him, it's it's almost near on impossible to do these days, but spend your first few years as best as you can, like, out the limelight. Like, mm. I was fortunate, to clock point of view, like, mines back in the day wasn't a big deal. I could make so many mistakes mm. that, you know, if this day and age right now is at Rangers, the mistakes you make are, we've seen, we seen with Lampard, right? Lampard's mm. a better example because it, it, it didn't go well for him as, 
when you make those mistakes, you're not given the luxury of the time to fix it when you take that bigger job. So no, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it because I guess, you know, in my circle, I've got a lot of Liverpool and Rangers people, right? So it's a lot of positivity and, and, and all that type of thing. So it's interesting you say about seven and a half out of 10, but from what you said, I, could, I wouldn't disagree with that, right? Because he should be doing well. He should be one of the top teams. So, yeah, that's interesting. You're not, I don't think you're, you're far off for that, man, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's, it's just, uh, you know, didn't really put much of a challenge into Celtic initially. Um, low, you know, only one cup final, um, which he should have won, to be fair, against Celtic. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, I think it was... And yeah, European forms be good. I think I think that's I think that's about right. But uh, yeah, you, I mean, wins the league and gets to like you know semi finals yeah. of the Europa League or something. Then then you're starting to think it's more like yeah eight and a half. Yeah, um, no, I agree with you, man. I agreed. Um, I think he was one thing that people don't get these days, and and maybe the like you said the the pandemic come along may have helped him in timing. But he got he got a bit of back and they backed him through you know moments like you said going for ten in a row. They, they've they've backed him and kind of stuck with him and not kind of pulled the hit the panic button and it's worked for them right they're uh they're absolutely no doubt ending that nine in a row aren't they <laughs> there's no oh, way the subject will come back from been, that been a matter of time since about yeah october but, it's uh, been a long time man yeah it's been a long time um right so i'll i'll uh i'll kind of kind of wrap this up with a few questions for you and then and i'll kind of let you get get on your way man um i've got mm-hmm. like four i've got four or five questions for you you can you can make it as as short as long as you want but my first question for you is, what is the best game that you've ever seen live? Because I know you've been to a lot of games. And you can def- define that however you want to define best. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, tricky one. I mean, I've mentioned a couple, which was the Barca 5, Sevilla 4 yep. up there, here. I mean, just the whole thing that came with it. That was, that was special. Uh, Sterling Morton definitely in the argument that was an absolute classic and being there with, with mates and yeah. especially in days when I only see these guys maybe once or twice a year um, to have that kind of experience with them that was special but then the last game of football I was at as it stands was the Inter Milan AC Milan derby at the San Siro mm. Um and at the time, we were told that was going to be the last one at the San Siro, but that, I don't think that hasn't actually been the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really bothered me that much. But, I mean, again, meeting up with, the, with, with old mates, having a great time in, uh, in Italy, a few beers, a bit of wine, good food, walking around, you know, beautiful city and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, that was, it was a late evening kickoff. So we started kind of walking out towards the ground and, Mm-hmm. Stopping for a beer here and there, and uh, met up with an old mate from uni who lives there now, and he was kind of showing us about and took us to the ground and just the whole. People always say, they've always said to me, they say this about the new camp as well, which I've not been to, but they always said to me, San Siro, people say, oh, it's a shithole, or you know, it's. it's kind of, I, I just never ever believed that, and I knew, right. I, I knew that whoever was people that were saying that just didn't didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was absolutely how I felt when I walked into the ground with uh, with Cudge, mm-hmm. which I walked into the ground with. And uh, we walked, and we've been to a million games together, you know, things like, yeah. you know, East Sterling, 
Dumbarton on a Tuesday night, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Edinburgh City v Spartans up the back of Meadow Bank, yeah, be, yeah, and uh, you know, some some good games, but uh, mm-hmm. but this was just the other end of the of the spectrum. This was kind of what you always dream about. And walking out there, with ten minutes before kickoff, you were at the right of the top, right up in the gods. But the view is still good. I like watching games up high up. I don't care about being way up there. I think I love it up there. Good view, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you had you had the the, the 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 banners at both ends and they were just kind of the Milan fans would unveil a banner and it was pretty explicit stuff and then the inner stuff inner guys would have their own one fireworks going off you know and it was just absolutely raucous I really wasn't expecting it. I didn't think it was it was you know it was still like this I think if you went to uh, you know a Liverpool Man U or whatever I'm not convinced you would get the same level of ferocity yeah you know, I believe that yeah. really that's pleasantly surprised me, and uh, good. You know, that even if it had been a, a shite game thereafter, you know, a drab nil nil, then and it was Ibrahimovic was coming back from Milan as well, playing against Inter, and Inter fans were giving him abuse. So it was also, and if Inter Inter won, they went top of the league. It was just all sorts of. It was a big game, game. yeah. Game. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, Milan went two 0 up. Their fans are bounced two 0 at half time. Ibrahimovic is winding up the fan, winding up everyone. Um, places just going nuts and in the second half Inter come back uh, some great goals uh, Lukaku gets gets the, the fourth one in the end and they win 4-2 and the, the place the fans are absolutely bouncing on the way out and we were kind of joining in with a chance not really knowing what they're singing but it was just euphoric and I couldn't yeah I bet. that as an experience being with I mean I mean, it's a shame not to mention the game I was at with my brother and my dad because they've been a huge Mm, mm. Huge part of my football football going life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but if I had to pick one game, it would be the last game I was at. Class, man, class. Uh, this this the next two questions may be that answer too. So you can just say say so if it is. But best stadium you've ever been to? Um, yeah, I mean that would San Siro would definitely be up there because when I go to a stadium, it's not just what you. It's not just the you know. You know the bricks and the mortar. It's um, it's what's happened at that stadium before. It's you know games you've watched on the TV at this ground. So you know you look at the San Siro, <clears throat> and you know there's game classic goals from the World Cup Italia '90 that you've seen before. There's Champions League finals that have been played here. Yeah, going up watching Italia '90, great Milan teams, quite exciting Inter teams as well. You've just you've watched you know, so much of your 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 kind of football education has come from this, this yeah so that was a big part but also so other two grounds would be in contention where would be probably just one in contention really Dortmund I went there the downside to Dortmund was I mean, the ground was great it was like 70,000 fans there it wasn't full but Dortmund had a poor team at this time it was about okay we're on the way back from watching Bayern Munich Aberdeen. We somehow got to the last 32 of UEFA Cup mm. and uh, went out there with my dad and my brother. And that was a great experience. I mean, we got pumped 5-1. But, uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the Alliance Arena in Munich is, you know, that is a, that's a great ground. But it's a bit of a, you know, it, it lacks a bit of soul for me. And, okay. Uh, and Bayern as a support are, you know, it's, it's, they're a bit... Uh, I feel a bit less inclined to get behind them than I would say Inter or. or I get what you're saying, yeah, yeah. 
But Dortmund, yeah, Dortmund was that was an amazing ground. Um, we were just let down a little bit by the they were playing Hansa Rostock, kind of lesser like team, Yo-Yo Club, and um, finished one 0 It was wasn't a very memorable game. I was there. Okay. You know, we lapped it up, and going to a game in Germany is a great experience, um, even without a, without a good match. But that that would be that would be probably the other one. Yeah. I mean, I could have I'll, class. Yeah, I won't go on and list loads and loads. In yeah. terms of English grounds, English grounds, I would say. Um, I think that both of the both of the Liverpool grounds uh, were impressive when I went mm-hmm. there. I love mm-hmm. I love Goodison. I thought that was. I saw them win five 0 against Norwich. That was the year they won the FA Cup. Duncan Ferguson was playing. Oh, the place was just absolutely bouncing. That was really old fashioned ground. Uh, people are really sound, and that was that was a brilliant experience. And then Liverpool was a few years later. That was when Julia was a manager, I think. Uh, Heskey and Owen Patrick Berger scored a screamer against Spurs, finished two 0 And you know you've got the Hillsborough stuff outside. Uh, yeah, I think it was around the anniversary of Hillsborough as well, so they had the minute silence. So it just all felt very good time to go. Historic. So your experience wasn't just. You know the ninety minutes. It was uh, it was just so much more than that, and you 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 know really kind of rich uh, rich experience. And uh, yeah, so class anyway, man. There's a few few to throw in there. Quality. My uh, last two questions for you: um, best player you've ever seen live. Ooh, I mean, I did. I saw Messi here play for Barcelona in that Super Cup. Okay. Um, and yeah, he did play, 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 played well in the night, scored two free kicks. Um, but, you know, that, that he would be the best player I've seen live, whether it's, it's not the, probably the best performance I've seen live. Okay. Um, in terms of best performance, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, I'm sure Messi's on a lot at the top of a lot of people's lists. Is that yeah, good? yeah. So I, yeah. Wanted to, I wanted to, you know, try and come, think of yeah, I yeah. wanted to come at you with a more uh, obscure answer, to be honest. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, yeah. But that that probably is that probably fair. Is, I mean, you know, saw Pirlo playing against Scotland, and uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty special to watch. Class uh, loved Pirlo. I don't know. I think. I think Hey, if, if that's the one that sticks out, that's the one that sticks out. That's it. Yeah, that's it, it would have to be. It would have to be. Fair, man. Um, last question. Who's your Who's your favourite player of all time and why? So, I mean, doesn't have to be an Aberdeen player, just your favourite player of all time and why. Um, well, probably have to separate it into two. I mean, favourite Aberdeen player of all time would be... That would be Ian Jess, who probably a bit before your time, um, yeah. forward attacking midfielder, who was just phenomenal talent. But had a bad injury when he was in his early twenties. But at that point, he was you know he was in the Scotland squad, and uh, there was talk of him getting a move to Serie A. Um, he was, and you know, big clubs down south. After that, he was never quite the same player, but still had moments of real quality. And that was just when I was getting into football. He was. He was my idol, and any Aberdeen fan of my age, I'd be very surprised if they said anyone else. And, Interesting. Um, uh, if you go on YouTube and have a wee look at uh, some of his goals, he scored 
absolute screamers. I have of scoring a lot of them against Rangers as well, which is always a, a good hmm, Nice, yeah. And, I'll uh, look him up. I'll look him up. You should, yeah. Well, yeah. the spelling of Ian is a bit uh, different. It's E-O-I-N rather than... Oh, okay. I would have... Yeah, that's interesting. When he went there to play, play in England, he played for Coventry and they, uh, the the commentator was calling him Owen Jess. Owen Jess. Ah, because of the spelling. Uh, well, I think, I think yeah. in Ireland. I think in Ireland that's possibly how you actually pronounce it. Anyway, never mind. In terms yeah. of uh, best player... Uh, you see, the best player of all t- of all time, as in, like before my before I was born. Well, uh, no, I mean, I, I would say like who 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 since you've been into it has has been your the, your favourite player. Um, oh. I must say, I really really loved watching Berbatov. Mm, good choice. I, just, I like I love a player. Uh, you know, it's clearly got this really advanced football brain. It doesn't, you know, isn't running and bashing around um, and just has, it looks kind of lazy, but it's just, uh, I thought at times he was just so beautiful to watch. And he, well, he was quick when he could be asked or when, you know, when, oh, when, yeah. when, yeah. he, when he could be asked, but when, when the situation called for it, he could run. Um, yeah, loved watching him. Obviously, you know, Zidane, Ronaldinho, um, uh, the Brazilian Ronaldo when he was coming through, uh, when they were they were just absolutely thrilling as well. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, they they would be main ones. I always loved. I also loved that Czech side that didn't quite should have won Euro two thousand and four mm. um, with them. Uh, yeah, and collar and stuff. Thinking and collar up front. Yeah. I like him. I mean, he's not an all-time yeah. player, but I, did, I like that side. And Nedved, Nedved was right up there. He was an outstanding midfielder. He was. He uh, won the Ballon d'Or. Um, he deserved a he deserved a, a major international honour, which unfortunately he did. Jack's first shot, but uh, yeah. Jan Collar played for Dortmund, right? He did. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, he played for Dortmund for a little bit. I remember him, man. He was a he was a big player in Pro Evo back in the day. Jan Collar, like. Oh, He's a big I, player on Pro Evo, man. More people rigid by always going then. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I bet. Class, man. Class. Well, look, Big Eight, I, I think that's it, man. I think, I think that's all, all right. I've got for you. I know it's been, it's, been, it's been a bit of a decent chat, man, so I'll let you get going as well. But appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Right. I, 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 I mean, I, I'm doing this for, for honestly my own enjoyment, mm. <laughs> personally during lockdown, but other people seem to be getting enjoyment out of it too. From listening to it, so yeah, man, thanks for coming on. No worries. Well, we'll uh, if you don't mind, once even when I end this here, if you don't mind, we'll just stay on for a minute or two and and have a wee chat, and then uh, and then I'll let you go. But I thank you again. Sure, mate. Sure. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.